You're listening to A Slice of Therapy with me, Alan Parry. Now, you may well be surprised by the title of this particular episode because in this episode, I'm going to show you how to predict the future. Now, that sounds like a really useful skill to be able to predict the future. And it is. And so in this episode, I'm going to show you how to do it much more accurately. And in order to do that, I want to tell you the story of a woman called Jenny Finch. Now, Jenny Finch is an elite softball player. Now, if you're wondering what softball is, it's a game that's played predominantly, I think, in America. And it's kind of like a gentler version of baseball, if you like. So it's very similar to to baseball, but there's a few key differences. So the pitcher, the one who actually throws the ball, they have to do it underarm. So it's a little bit easier. And as a result, because it's underarm, rather than that kind of over-the-shoulder throw that baseball players use, the pace of the ball travels much, much slower. And to give a further advantage to the person holding the bat, the ball is much bigger. So you've got three key advantages there to the hitter, to the person who's batting. The ball's coming underarm. The pace is much slower than if you were playing baseball. And the ball is a lot bigger than a baseball as well. And so Jenny Finch is one of the better players of softball. And yet, because of all these kind of ways that softball is that little bit more gentle than baseball, the underarm, that the pace is slower, the ball is much bigger, so presumably is easier to hit. Surely then, if Jenny Finch were to go and meet up with a whole host of very elite baseball players who are used to a smaller ball coming at them overarm much, much faster... Surely she wouldn't have a chance. And yet what happened when she did do this is pretty much without fail, every one of these top baseball players struck out. They couldn't hit the ball that was pitched by Jenny Finch, despite the fact that she was pitching it underarm, despite the fact that it was going a hell of a lot slower. And despite the fact that they were aiming at a much bigger ball. So what's going on here? Why can't these baseball players, when faced with a bigger ball, travelling much slower, thrown underarm, can't actually hit the ball? And so each of these elite baseball players were struck out by Jenny Finch. Now, it's a strange one, isn't it? Because you would think that they'd find it much easier to react to this slower, bigger ball. And yet, they don't seem to find it easier to react to this slower, bigger ball at all. So, what's going on? Well, the answer is a really simple one. And it's quite a profound one. It's one I talk about and think about quite a lot. And is a core part of my understanding of how we erase trauma, in fact. 
And the reason why these elite baseball players find it harder to react to this slower, bigger ball is that actually they never are reacting at all. You see, what they're actually doing is making very sophisticated predictions about the future. And so when they get a completely different data set of somebody who throws the ball differently, somebody who throws the ball slower and it's a different shaped ball, they're unable to make predictions. Now, if they were reacting to the ball, it'd be really, really easy. But because what they actually do in their sport is they make predictions about where the ball is going to go. If they waited to react, the ball moves so fast that they'd have no chance whatsoever. But they don't do that. What they do is make very sophisticated predictions about where the ball is going to be. And obviously this is not a cognitive thing that they're kind of calculating with a pen and paper. This is something that is happening instinctively where their nervous system is making those predictions even before the ball has been thrown. And that's a big proof, I suppose, that they're not reacting to the ball, but they're predicting based on the information in front of them where the ball is going to be. Now, if you slow down a baseball game, you will be able to see frame by frame, and you can go do this on YouTube, and just frame by frame, slow it down, and notice when that bat starts to swing. And you'll notice that the ball isn't even in the air yet. Because what those baseball players are doing is what we all do. They're predicting. And the reason why they're predicting is that what our brains are, are prediction machines. We're not reacting to things in the environment. Instead, we're using what is in the environment and trying to make sense of that in order to make a prediction about the next moment. And this is why when Jenny Finch turned up with their strange underarm throw that they're not used to, and a ball that's bigger, that travels at a different speed, she was able to get every one of them out, even though they're the best players, because they were using their predictions on a completely different situation. So their bat was swinging in exactly the same way, but their predictions now were completely out of kilter for this brand new situation. Now this sense of an old prediction being completely out of kilter with a, a new and changed situation has a lot of parallels from those baseball players trying to deal with Jenny Finch's pitchers to our lives as well, because this is what happens when our nervous systems get in our way. So when we're experiencing psychological struggle, if you like, what's happening in that psychological struggle is that our nervous systems are making predictions based on an old situation and it's being applied incorrectly to this present one. So let me take an example. Let's say somebody, for instance, has an anxiety attack. They don't know where it's come from necessarily, but all of a sudden, from nowhere, they're suddenly feeling hugely anxious 
and their heart starts to increase, they start to sweat, their breathing gets quite shallow. And they don't even know why that's happened. Well, what's happened here is very similar to those baseball players. Their brain is making a prediction. Now, the nervous system is very, very subtle. It's very sophisticated, so it can pick up really subtle cues in the environment. You know, a change of weather or or a colour or just something in the environment that reminds the nervous system of back then. So whenever the now resembles the then, the nervous system thinks it's the same thing. Just like those batters are standing there with their baseball bats and they're expecting that this would be the same thing, only easier. But it's not. It's a completely different thing. Now, there's enough subtle cues in that environment to make them think it's the same thing, to make them issue the same prediction. But that same prediction wasn't suited to the new environment. And so they kept on striking out. Now, in that example of the anxiety attack, it's the same thing. And so what the nervous system is doing is picking up a cue and thinking, I know what this is. This is that dangerous thing. It's exactly the same situation as the dangerous thing that happened back then. And because it makes a false prediction that it's the dangerous thing, what it does is it then acts upon that prediction and it starts to speed up the heart, to send blood to the muscles. It pours adrenaline into the system. And what it's doing is using a prediction of what it thinks your body is going to need next to get out of that scary situation. Now, once you realise that the brain actually predicts rather than reacts, that it takes information from the environment and makes a prediction, in a big sense, a large part of psychotherapy work is essentially just updating those predictions which are no longer valid. Now, when Jenny Finch goes and plays against elite softball batters, she has a much harder time than when she's playing the baseball players because the predictions that they've got ingrained in their nervous systems are much more attuned to the environment that they're actually in. And so the softball player won't strike out all of the time. They'll strike out some of the time because Jenny Finch is a very good pitcher, but they won't have that same prediction error going on for them that the baseball players have. And so a big part of our work, to boil it down to its simplicity, is to update the prediction. Once we realise that the brain is making predictions and that even an anxiety attack is actually a prediction that we're going to need these physical changes to try and escape something that our nervous system predicts is going to be threatening, even though the new situation is not, you realise really that our job then is to make those predictions more accurate. And so that's why I say that the title of this podcast episode, even though it's a strange one, is really relevant because our job is to learn how to predict the future in a more accurate way. Now, if I'd have said to somebody at the start of this football season, who do you think 
is going to win the Football League. And by that, I mean the Premier League, the very top league in England. Well, if someone had said to me Portsmouth, that would have struck me as very odd because it's actually impossible for Portsmouth to win the very top league in football in England because they're not even in the top league in England. So it's literally impossible. And yet, if somebody was basing their prediction on data from 1949, that'd actually be a really good prediction because that season, Portsmouth had won the league, so they were the best team in England. And to be fair... They did go on and win the league the next year. So that prediction based on 1949 data was supremely accurate. But only if you're in 1949. In this year, it's not at all accurate. In fact, it's impossible because Portsmouth are not even in the top league. This is what happens for us as well. Our nervous systems have calculated that things are threatening. Based on our past experience, based on that old data, because they were threatening back then. And so naturally, because it's trying to protect us, what it does then is give us all the kind of scare and all the kind of physical resources, anxiety attacks are physical resources, Even shutting down and numbing as a physical resource to protect us against attack. So what is happening all the time is that the brain is never reacting. It's reading the environment with the purpose that it can predict the future so that physiologically it gives us what we need. And it doesn't just do this in terms of trauma. When you start chewing food... The stomach acids start to bubble up. It's like, oh, here we go. Alan's about to have his dinner. Let's get this ready then. So that by the time the food lands in my gut, it's all ready to be digested. And I've used the example before, haven't I, of when I stand up. There's something that happens quite subtly in my body before I stand up that gives my brain the cue that it needs to give me some resources to ensure that by the time I have stood up, I'm not going to faint. So what Jenny Finch demonstrated with those baseball players is that core fact about the brain, that the brain doesn't react. If the brain reacted, a ball that's bigger and travelling more slowly becomes much easier to hit. But if you're predicting and if your bat is swinging before the ball has even left the pitcher's hand, then you're going to be out every time because your predictions are based on a situation that while it might look the same, is markedly different to what it used to be. So our job in therapy is to update, to retrain the nervous system so it starts to accurately predict the future. So that those moments when the nervous system is operating from past data, we update it and allow it to do its job much more effectively by making predictions from the here and now. You see, we don't want to be predicting 
who's going to win the Football League based on data from 1949. Because if we did, we'd end up saying Portsmouth would win it when they're not even in the competition. We want to make those predictions based on current data. And so as scary and intimidating as it can sometimes be to make these kind of changes in terms of trauma in particular, when you think of it this way, all we're really doing is updating the nervous system. You see, when we update the nervous system in that way, when we retrain the nervous system in that way, and it can be done relatively quickly, what happens is that when the nervous system has a situation, it doesn't automatically think that this is danger when it isn't. And so when the nervous system is retrained and those old histories are no longer poking their head like old data into current life, then we find that the nervous system works much more accurately. In other words, the predictions that it still makes, because it'll always make predictions about the future, that's the way the, the brain works. But once we actually desensitize, once we actually turn off the heat, once we overwrite basically the trauma response, what happens is that those predictions become more accurate. And that's why the episode title for this particular podcast is how to predict the future more accurately. Because when we turn off the trauma response, we end up making predictions based on the here and now. And so if you actually are safe, then your nervous system will make predictions that you are safe. And so it's not going to throw you into a big anxiety attack because this prediction will be, this is a safe situation. When the trauma response is based from many years ago and it thinks that now resembles then, then that trauma response is going to give an outdated prediction and is going to get in the way of life. So a good way to think about psychotherapy, really, a good way to think about trauma removal, because what I do actually removes trauma, not not as you manage it, but gets rid of it for good. When you think of psychotherapy and that process as simply predicting the future better, it's a much more simple way of thinking about it, that all we're really doing is basically overwriting that old data, overwriting the old data that says it's 1949, so Portsmouth are the best team in England, and overwrites that data with what's the current situation, what's really happening now. And so psychotherapy is a process of retraining the nervous system overwriting the old trauma responses so that the nervous system is simply able to operate in the now with present data and be able to predict our immediate futures much more successfully. If you found this episode useful, then please do share it so that others can get the benefits as well. And if you'd like to work with me directly, 
then visit liverpoolpsychotherapy.co.uk to get more details as to how. And of course, you don't have to be based local to me. Given that all of my work now is online, you can be pretty much anywhere. A couple of other things you might be interested in is that I have put together a free video course for you and it's called Childhood Trauma Gone for Good. And it explains how we can now remove trauma rather than simply expect people to manage it better. The other thing that you might be interested in is that I've put together a free trauma recovery scorecard. So within under three minutes, you can assess where you are on your own journey and get a tailor-made guide as well on what you need to focus on next. Now, both of those resources are also available at liverpoolpsychotherapy.co.uk. Just visit the website and you'll see them listed there prominently on the front page. So just give them a click and you can access either or both of those free resources. And of course, please subscribe to the podcast as well, because that also is absolutely free and it means you'll never miss an episode again. So thanks for listening and I'll see you on the next one.